you've been looking for a podcast to help you transform your physical and mental one that'll shoot you straight between the eyes with truth and no bs helping you have the right mindset to accomplish things the iron will and fortitude to follow through with what you say you're going to do no excuses Mark owns martial arts schools, and after 30 years, he has some real insight for real talk, real life, real conversations, motivational, fitness, self-defense, weight loss, live from the Great 1-8. This is Real Talk with Mark Cox. Now we're on. Good morning, Glenn. How are you? Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. We finally kind of get to meet over uh, over uh, doing a podcast together. I guess we'll get to know each other here in the next sixty minutes. You know what I mean? All right. So Sounds I'm going to get uh, just. We're going to get started, and then I'm going to have you introduce yourself a little bit and uh, uh, about your story, and and I got some questions for you, and we'll we'll get into what you're doing with these kids, and we'll talk about your gala that you just had. And uh, about your stories, it's, it's going to be awesome. So with no further ado, this is uh, Glenn Morton. Glenn, I'm going to go ahead and let you introduce yourself, where you're from, where you live from. Are you married? And then we'll get started. Yeah, um, I'm Glenn Morton. I'm out of uh, Winslow Township. That's in New Jersey. For those that don't know, like South Jersey area. Uh, I've been married to my wife for 10 years. Um, father of three children and one grandchild. So that's a little bit about me. Oh, you got one. You got one grandchild, huh? Yeah. I don't have that yet. I, I'm the age for it, but I don't got one. So uh, my my one son's married. Well, I don't want any from the other ones until they are married. But that's that's uh, uh, I haven't got to I haven't got to in, uh, enjoy that. So um, so my question is, uh, we I so we kind of we competed against each other a little bit on. Um, a speaking competition. And then uh, when you got up, you, you told a story. I want to hear about your story and about your LLC and, uh, and, and about what, what your drive is. Okay. To do what you do. So let, let's talk about what, what your, what's father of the fatherless. Let's just go right into it. What that is. Okay. Um, it's, it's really crazy how Father the Fatherless started. Like people don't really ask me that question. It was, it was just like a thought in my head one day. You see, like I always wear a shirt, and what happened was I had saw this man holding two 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 kids' hands. So I thought it was just me walking my child, you know, walking my children. Then all of a sudden, it, it put it inside the globe, inside the like the world, and I was like, what is that about? Like I kept having this thought. And then, and then all of a sudden it was like, yeah, that's the logo. And then it was like, a couple of days later, it was like father to a fatherless generation. And I was like, what is that all about? Like, I, I had no clue what was happening. Like, I just kept having these like epiphanies, like this, these <laughs> thoughts, it was just like popping up, like, here, this is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to start. This is what I, and I was like, why am I doing something like this? Like, I never even had a father in my life. Like, am I going to fail these young guys? Like, I, 
I don't know what it takes to be a father. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm struggling my best to be the best father that I know how to be yet, let alone be a father to a lot of those out there that need me. So it was like, when I first started the organization, I was kind of running away from it myself because it was like, I was, I had to face myself. Like, am I ready to try to help other fatherless children when I'm still fighting the fact that sometimes I still hurt by not having a father in my life? Like, would I push that hurt on them? You know, like, like it, it was a lot of questions that I was asking myself. So I had to like fix my heart and get things right and just say, you know what, I'm gonna go forward and start the program. So I just dove into it. You know, I didn't have any help. There was no, no sponsors, no mentors. I dove into the library. How can I get a 501c3? How can I do this? How, what do I need? Oh, bylaws, this, that, like, I just, jumped into it. It was just something where I just said, I'm going to just dive into it. And they was all laughing at me like, you're crazy. You know, you need a lot more experience than that. And then and I said, well, you know, I just felt like I was called to do it. So I'm going to just dive into it. And that's what I just dove into it. We got work uniforms and work hats. And then we started selling fatherless t-shirts and just, you know, we started having apparel and then we put out children's books. So they was like, man, you did all of that in two years. And I was like, yeah, because I believe that when you're called to do something, it, it's already in you. So it, it was just it was just flowing out of me like like water. And it was just like I have another book coming out in April. But it, that one's not a children's book. That's more like a, um, a biography of, you know, being fatherless and not having a father and the things I had to deal with and the things that my mother said to me and the way the teachers, you know, taught you know, uh, uh, treated me in school and things like that. So father to fatherless is, um, is, is me. Um, I, I guess seeing who I am when I look in the mirror, here I am, this skinny fatherless kid who had no, had no father, no example of what fatherhood was. Um, watching my mother struggle, uh, working two jobs just to survive electric being turned off heat being turned off, no food in the refrigerator and just sitting there saying, man, like, where's, where's, where's my father at? Meanwhile, my father is over there taking care of another woman's kids. You know what I mean? And that, that was sad mm -hmm. to see him, you know, marry a, a woman and stay with that woman and make sure that that woman's children had everything yet his own that he had before his marriage, which was three of us, we were out here struggling. You know, like that. Art, he buying them thing for Christmas. We don't get nothing. So it was just like, wow. It was a, it was it was a terrible thing. Just just watching, you know, myself be fatherless. It was crazy. So did so you had you, you drove you grew up in in a single mom's home. Then is that correct? Yeah. yeah. So, and how old were you when it all started? Oh, it, it, I never. My dad never lived with me at all. Ah. Yeah, he's he's okay. he never lived with me at all. So I don't I don't know what that feels like to wake up to to have a father. And I tell my son that all the time, you know, like I don't know what this feels like. Like, you know, I go to all his basketball games or whatever he's doing, soccer, whatever it may be that he wants to do, I'm there, you know, all back to school night, all that. I, I attend all of those things, but I don't I never knew what that felt like for my father to attend that type of situation. So well, so, you know, so I, I'm, I'm a single dad. <clears throat> I don't know if you know that about me. 
You know, I, I got divorced after 20 years. And then I'm one of those dads that I wasn't a weekend dad. I took care of my kids. My kids live with me. And, uh, you know, I've taught martial arts for a long, long time. And I, I can tell you this, that I see single moms struggle. I think I had an easier time as a single dad than I do see single moms. You know, there's just a different discipline from a father. There just is. You know, my my boys uh, giving their mom a hard time was not even an option to do it to me. You know what I mean? So, I, you know, I always kind of, I always have a heart for single moms because I watch it all the time in my school on, 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 dads that are absent and how hard it is on them and how uh, children treat their mother as opposed to how they're going to treat their dad. And I think, to be honest with you, I don't know, what's your, what's your thought on me, me raising three? I have three boys and a little girl, and I raised somebody that wasn't mine that wow. I brought him in when he was 12. And uh, he's a successful guy now, too, out in Idaho. He has a huge martial arts school in Idaho, and I, I raised him, too. And all my boys are pretty solid, you know, man, they're, they don't have issues as far as that goes. You feel that that's a true statement? Easier single dads than it is single moms? What do you think? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I only say that because of the discipline that we as fathers have. Like, we don't play mm. any games. Like, <laughs> they right. know that in our voice, when we, you heard what I said, you know, it's yeah, that's right. get up and. Oh man, you know what I mean? Uh um my oldest my oldest son and I, and I always be transparent. My oldest son his he, that was outside of a marriage. That wasn't that was before I got married. And um she has she has other children. So but what I'm going to say about that though is that I I I can see how hard it is for her voice to be heard sometimes with her just being a single mother because they're going to try to do whatever they want to do at some point in time they're going to try right. to run over you you know they're gonna they're not really learning the discipline that they need to learn that's why i made my son on at the gala uh speak about the fifth principle and the fifth principle is learn discipline and i always tell them it's discipline and you know washing your clothes it's discipline like every every week i give my son 100 hours to go to the grocery store just for him now I do the rest of the shopping, but just for him. And he got it. He go. He goes around and he he got to calculate in how much this costs and make sure. He walked out. He said, "Oh, the next day he said, Dad, I need to use your deodorant." I said, "No, I asked you before we left the store. Did you get some deodorant and toothpaste?" I said, "You are gonna have to go later. You're not using mine." That it was just a hard <laughs> lesson for him to have. Like go out the house stinking. He was That's mad it. a little bit. Like I can't use your spray. Just no. I, I, I gave you money. I took you to the store and I even asked you before we left. So now I bet you the next time when we go and I say, hey, do you need deodorant or toothpaste? Get your own. You know, it's just lessons I'm teaching him at at 14 years old. Like here every week it's $100 for you to go to the grocery store and learn how to do that. Get your own detergent to wash your clothes. Do this, do that at 14. That way, when it's time for him to get out the house, he doesn't have to depend on a woman. <laughs> For any of those type things, he'll know how to do everything himself. You know, cook, clean, and do whatever else. Work, provide, do all of that. You know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's that's correct. That yeah. is correct. That's yeah. That's those are that's awesome stories right there for sure. 
for sure. I, I, I have the same thing. So I see behind you right there, you have something that says seven keys right now. Is this a book that you have written? Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that's um, seven magical keys. Um, so is it, is this your book? That's my first children's book that I put out. And um, I let all the proceeds of that book go to the nonprofit. Like I, I donated that first book to the nonprofit. So that, so that's- what is that? What is that book about? Okay, so um, when I first wrote the, when I, <laughs> this is what's so funny. <laughs> I'll just tell you real fast. I was sitting in my living room and I said, I said, babe, I just heard in my spirit. I'm telling my wife, I just heard my spirit write a book. Now here I am. <laughs> I, I'm a hip hop artist who just walked away from the music industry about 10 years ago. I was saying F you, F this, F that. Let's, let's just be real. 10, 12 years ago, <laughs> I had a deal on the table where I was like out there with Young Money and Lil Wayne and them. Like I was some that guy like, yo, I'm rapping, you know. So I, I was used to that style of living, you know, back and forth to California, Miami. And so when when God, I'm sitting there, he said, I hear write a children's book. I said, me? A children's book like that don't even sound like it makes sense so <laughs> i i grabbed the pencil and i said okay i hear write a children's book so i said well what am i going to write the, ch- the children's book about that was my biggest question he, he said call the seven magical keys i said well why seven magical keys he said what's the seven principles to your program so i said oh so so then it was like okay the seven principles of the program is uh what be resourceful break the cycle create character have faith learn discipline correct the brotherhood raise sons well like the first part it says it says mr morton says good morning class today we will be talking about how we can be resourceful or resource to help others who in here knows what a resource is raise your hands then i have them like raise their hands and he says well class today i'm your resource when someone is being resourceful to you, they're helping you to understand your dreams. What do you want to be in life? Today, I'll teach you how. You ready? Are you ready for success? Let's go. And like, so I start teaching them about being resourceful through the book, breaking the cycle. And so the book basically was about the seven principles of the program. So it was it was very cool. Like um, when it was like when we were talking about character in there and it was like if you're always late to class. The teacher looks at that as in, in your character, like you're, if you're always late. And he was like, you mean the, the teacher actually looks at, at the fact that I'm late to class or she looks at the fact that I'm not doing my homework? Like, yeah, that that's your characters on the line. When you don't do what you're supposed to or what you're asked to do, we start to realize that that's just you. That's your character. You're always late. We could start the meeting because we know you're going to be late. So you don't want to have that type of character in you. And they, they be laughing at me, but I just be trying to show them from, from the best standpoint I can show them. So that's how the book was. That's, written. you know, it's, it's such a correlation between uh, listening to, you know, I speak this all the time in, in martial arts. I, I mean, teaching techniques is one thing. Teaching principles is another. Um, if you stick to principles, uh, your you know life becomes a little bit easier. It's the same thing when it comes to self-defense. You stick with the principle of this this technique or this this, uh, your your success of defending yourself is going to be great. 
and martial arts all the time, I think, is uh, the same thing. They have principles, right? Courtesy, integrity, perseverance, self-control, and indomitable spirit. We preach that. We talked about it, and we instilled these principles. And kids that start with me at three will come to back to me because that's something they have to memorize in class every time. We have to speak about it. You have to tell me what they mean. And then they're adults. You know, they'll come back and say, oh, Mr. Cox, right? Courtesy, integrity, perseverance, self-control, and domino spirit. And I said, that is correct. And I tell you guys all the time that you're born to win and what it, what it like to be a warrior. So it's a very uh, unique correlation between both things as I hear you talk about it <clears throat> with, um, you know, trying to instill principles in them. When, when, when you decided to uh, do this, of course, this is obviously a calling, right, from yeah. – from god and uh you know i'm sure you've tried to run away from callings of god that doesn't work out well it never worked out well for me i can tell you that for a fact nah, it didn't work well <laughs> you know i was called to teach kids and i didn't want to teach kids when i first started i started my karate program in as a ministry i started at a church that's what i did and right. it was there for two years and and uh, i kept uh, uh avoiding teaching children and avoiding teaching children and it was just kept you know, the circumstances just wouldn't let it happen. And then all of a sudden I was thrown into it and here I am. I didn't really, really realize I had a gift that I had. And, and uh, you know, I've impacted thousands of lives in martial arts now because of it. So, yeah, yeah. Do you you, you, you got to stay on that path or or that path is going to run you over. That's for sure. That's so. for sure. So that's, that's pretty awesome. Now, do you go to, how do you, how do you find the kids that you have that you're, that you're going after? Do you go to schools? Where, where, where are the, where are the young guys that you have coming from? It's actually, um, a lot of it was word of mouth, but, um, I started out with just my, you know, my son and three or four of my, my neighbor's kids in the development who, you know, wanted to always be around me. And I was like, what it, why y'all always want to be around me? Like, go home. I don't feel like being bothered. You know, <laughs> you know how that is. So it's like, I always want to be around me. So it started out with them always wanting to be around. Hey, can you take us on a bike ride? Can can you take us here? Can you take us to the court? Can you, can you take us skating? And as I was doing those things, I was like, well, it's got to be more than just taking you skating and, you know, taking you bike riding. Like, let me come up with some core principles that I can kind of instill in your life that will like change you. And then that's when I started praying about those principles. And that's when those principles started popping up. What's so funny about those principles is that, and you know how it is when you try to run from it. Every last one of those principles has tested my life in this season. Like God has been like, um, like uh, being on being when I spoke in the competition with you, he was like, "That's resourceful. You that's be, use the resource that's there. Like, you, you know, he you got invited. That's the resource." And then uh, at first I was like, "No," and then he's like, "Well, what's the fifth principle to the program? Discipline, right? Learn discipline. Discipline yourself to go." So, like, I had to live like every last one of these <laughs> principles out. Like, create character. Like, have faith. Like, sometimes I don't have faith. He's like, you don't have enough faith in the program. Why are you doing it? Like, you know, so I'm like living out every last one of these principles right in front of the fa the faces of the youth in the in the uh, program. So it's like amazing because I'm like, before you can teach something to somebody, you actually got to live through it and know it. And, 
you know, I'm like learning what it means in different languages. Like what's be resourceful mean in, in Hebrew? Like what, how, how do they break it down in those terms? Or like, what's it mean in this, in this culture? Like what, and you know, just learning it and from different ways. So it's like, it's funny because those seven principles can exist for years, but what's happening now is that judge Dorch who spoke at my gala, he, uh, he's recommending kids to me now that uh, some of them have ankle bracelets on, some of them don't have any charges at all. And, but the ones with ankle bracelets, we call that the last chance program. So he'll give those guys to me and I'll try to work with them three, four, maybe five months. If it doesn't work, then it's off the jail they go. Well, one of them, I only had them for about three days where I, I really knew he needed some help. So I went over there every day for three days by the third day, he cut his ankle bracelet off and 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 ran away somewhere. And they, they they found him like a couple of weeks later, and now he's in jail doing I think eighteen months. But you know, like I I can't help you in three days. You know, you're a fourteen right. year old kid out there doing wrong. I, I tried my best. You didn't want to listen. So you you know some of them are hard to get to at that age. That's why I start at the age of three. I say from three to 16 and then at 16, you can become a mentor in the program and give back to them what I've been giving to you for all these years. And then we consider it a brotherhood. Like after you're off to college, don't forget to come back and sow into them what you've been learning in college and, you know, what the program did for your life. So like it's a lifetime brotherhood with this program, you know, that's uh yeah, that's, that's, that's really awesome. You know, I, even even in here, if we can get them at three, and I have them all the way to teenagers, they are just a a different, um, just a different breed um, of student. So, so I was in Virginia this past week, right? I went to Georgia, and then I went to Virginia. I, I have students out there that have schools, and uh, I thought about you when this came about. I'm gonna tell you the story. I've been waiting to tell you the story. <laughs> and I wanted I wanted to do it on I wanted to do it on online because I didn't want to text it to you. I wanted I wanted to see uh, what you thought about this. So on Saturday, they had a free uh, bully class. Right. And, and that I was going to run. Right. Bullyproof type class. And then they put it out on Facebook that. um, You know, it was open to it was a free thing for the for everybody. And so we didn't know we, you know, we could have 10 people. We could have a hundred people. We just didn't know what's coming in the door because not everybody was really scheduled for it. And so we had students come in and then I had all of a sudden here comes 15 people in orange, orange suits with sandals. And I'm like, man, what, what the heck? I said, this is a detention center coming in right now. Right. And, uh, I said, and the the lady that came in first, she goes, we saw this on Facebook. We brought these 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 here from the detention center to come and do this. Uh. And I was like, huh. And um, it was uh, <laughs> after that, I said, so we line up. And the other guy that's with me, that's teaching with me, he is a 21-year combat veteran ranger. Okay. Mm. He's a, he's a ranger regiment. He was he was the the leader of his regiments, right? And this guy has seen war and he's also been a mentor out of it and once he got out of the combat side, he took on doing chaplain's work uh 
being the chaplain's assistants, which are the ones that protect chaplains on the battlefield, right? Chaplains are not allowed to have any weapons. So you always have a chaplain's assistant with you that has the weapons to protect the chaplain on the battlefield. And so Chappie, after he got done with his combat stuff and he was going out, he went into this regiment and he worked on helping develop the chaplain's assistants to be warriors because they just kind of sucked at it. Right. And so anyway, I said, okay, so we have these other kids that are uh, kind of coddled. Right. And then we have these hardcores that just walked in. And I remember the one, the one kid looks at him and goes, so you in the military. And he goes, yes. And he goes, you kill people. And I'm like, Oh boy. And uh, I said, we're going to have to break through this, this, uh, this thing. And so these guys are all in that range, 14, 15, 16, 17. Okay. All in a detention center of some sort. Right. And I said, I was telling Chappie, I said, you're not going to believe this, but I am. I said, I am going to interview somebody on Monday that deals with exactly what's going on here. And I said, I would let, I would gather that 75% of these people have no father or their father is in prison. I'll guarantee it. Okay. Now it was definitely a, a mixed bundle, right? You've got, um, you know, the young white kids and the one black kids and, the, and, the, and some Hispanics in there. And it's just a mixture of just a mess. And, yeah. but within an hour, it's funny within an hour, you know, there's always one or two, you know how that goes, right? I'm sure you've right. been around them, right? There's always one or two hardcores that want to, that are too cool for school or whatever it is. But the martial arts, those young guys, I asked a question. I said, how many of you guys have a father at home? You know, we were in kind of a small huddle. And sure enough, two had a father at home. And that was it out of 15 kids. And I said, this is exactly what Glenn's talking about right here. And right. we were able to, isn't that, isn't that funny? What gets put in front of you um, just out of the blue, we had no clue they were coming. None. Right. Right. And then I asked a girl, I asked a lady that was in charge of it. And I said, she goes, I just know martial arts and, you know, everybody thinks it's violence, but I just want, I, I think that it's, it's a way to get through to, through to the kids uh, as far as, you know, you have the right instructor in here. And so I was able to talk to them. And of course, my conversation piece, you know, his was the military. And, you know, as soon as they found out that I was with the police department for a while, you know, some of them were way standoffish. But all of a sudden, when I took my shirt off and, you know, I was a sleeveless and my tattoos were all over the place. That was uh, uh, that was a whole different different ball game. And then they all want to know about the tattoos and everything else. So it was a, it was a place that we can come together and talk. Amelia was on saying hi. I think Daniela was on, too. Um, so I thought, you know, I can't wait to tell Glenn that story on who just pops in out of the blue. Now, when you went to your gala thing after, you know what? Okay. First of all, the speaking competition, you just kind of, you were invited by Emilio or something. Did, did you guys meet him somewhere and he I, just I, said, come I, in and do it? I'm going to tell you how that happened. I, I went to, a um, like, a like a gathering and, um, I was sitting there just talking and Emilio has that type of spirit where he. He just comes up on everybody and he just lets you know what he does. And um, he was like, yeah, I, I put out books or whatever. And he starts telling me, I said, well, listen, I have two children's books out on glennmorton.com. He was like, You're, you got to be kidding. I said, no, I'm serious. I have two, two, two books out. And he says, I have this event coming up. 
I need you to come. And then I, I, uh, I tell him a little bit about my story and the program and stuff. And he's like, I want you to come. I, I had, I'm going to be honest. I came the first day. I did. I really had no idea that I was going to really be speaking like that. And then I, I, I got up at like six in the morning and wrote something out. And when I got there, he said, no, no, we're not going to do that. He said, you're going to speak from the heart. I said, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, really? So I go back to the table and I'm sitting there. My legs are shaking. I'm like, yo, he, he's saying go from the heart. And I'm like, man, so the whole time I'm just waiting for my turn to come. My legs are shaking and trembling. And I get up there and I just take a deep breath. And I and and honestly, after I sat down, I was like, there was a lot more that I, I had wanted to say that I didn't even get out because I was so nervous with being up there. So it was like, I was like, man, what I was like, I, and then I went over, I remember telling Daniela, I said, man, I feel like I failed. I said, I didn't do, I didn't do well at all. Like I was already beating myself up before the competition was even over. And, and she was like, man, we don't go sit down with, with that. Like she said, you touched me, you know? So I was, I'm whispering in my wife's ear. She was sitting at the table. I said, man, I failed. I said, all these great speakers on up there, everybody sounding so uh, professional. And I said, here I am up there telling my story. Nobody want to hear this story. And I'm just beating <laughs> my stuff up in the head. Man, it was so funny. I couldn't believe it. Well, I think you did good. And I, I it was, it, so the, the speaker competition I correlated to something in my own book, right? I, I, when I, I got done listening to you, right. And I said, he's going to win this. I already knew. I already knew before, before anything. And because I could tell you this, um, uh, facts tell stories sell, right. And your story, uh, and then you guys, you guys still have an advantage, right? Cause you're inside this, you know, doing it virtually. Yeah. I was actually sitting inside of a trailer where I was staying in, in, in Georgia. Now this is a big, uh, big giant, you know, trailer. It's like a one bedroom apartment almost, but I'm in, I'm in a dining room and I've got my lighting set up and I, and I'm in this. So I, I don't have any energy around me. Like, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying? So you really have to kind of bring that, you know, it's hard to do. And, and then it was so relevant. And I'm like, I did not, I, when I, after I listened to you, I was like, he's going to win this. And as I listened to everybody else, I kind of listened to everybody's thing, right? I said, all three of them that are in there are going to win this virtual contest. Not one virtual person is going to win this. That's why I said, and I said, and Glenn's going to take that prize. And you don't know why you took the prize because you needed that money, Right. That money was going to another cause, right? And so I, I, this story, this story is so relevant in my life. It was a, it was a, it was a moment. You don't even know this, right? This is what happens in, in stuff like this. So this is what I was so looking forward to talking to you about. I was trying to win a world championship and I did not, I was the best at what we did in, in the nineties here. You know, I was always seated number one and it would come time and I was going to get ready to break 
uh, I was breaking bricks. I was a world champion from last year and here I come and I'm doing it again. And I'm, I get up in front of the judges and I, and then a, a guy in a wheelchair comes in and, and does the same competition. And I was like, man, he's going to win. There's no way that you can't beat you cannot beat wheelchairs. You can't do it. And so I said, Ugh. so I did everything I broke and I watched him break and he missed a couple things. And I'm like, you can't miss man. Not in this type of high level competition. You're going to, you, 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 in my head, I'm like, I won, I won, I won. And so I said to myself, the, the, I lose that competition by one-tenth of a point. I took second place, right? I was so pissed off. I didn't congratulate him. I did nothing. My ego was so in check, right? My my ego was so elated, I, elevated, man. I was like a, just a jerk. And then to come find out that this guy was going to have he he's in a wheelchair because he was in a truck accident and in the blood transfusion gave him AIDS and he's dying. Mm. This is what comes to find out. And I, so I'm just sinking lower and lower as I start learning about his story afterwards. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm such an asshole. And so, uh, he sees me in the hallway and I have a board from him today. Right. So he goes, I know you won that competition. You know, Mr. Cox, this is our scores. I couldn't have been up against a, a better person. Just it's such a better man than I was that day at all. And so this competition, I'm a super competitive dude. Okay. When I do things, I intend to win. It's just my mindset. Right. 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 And I intended to get out there and get after it. You know what I mean? And I want to go up against the best, but I knew, I knew once I heard you, I'm like, I said, you're not going to beat that emotion. You're not going to beat that story. And, and I felt, I felt already anxious, right? Cause I, I'm super competitive, right? And I'm starting to feel anxious going, nope. And then right after, right after it, I completely changed what I was going to talk about to something mm. a little more canned mm. because I wanted that story. I wanted, at, at by the end of by the time I was done, I listened to a couple more speeches, and then when they were going to announce the winners, I just kind of went off air anyway. I didn't really, I didn't, I didn't stick around for it because I knew, I knew what was the outcome, and I knew that you were going to win that, and I knew that God put you in a position to have a moment, and you moved everybody in that room, so it did not matter one bit what 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 my ego wanted to be engaged in at that time. That was your moment, and that's how you sell a room. And that's how God moves rooms, right? What you did right there. And if I did not, and I wasn't able to tell you this, right? Because I was at first, I was, my competitive side of me was like, man, this is bullshit, right? I worked, you know, and then I said, you're such a dick. And so, uh, I said, no, I'm just, I said, I know who the winners are. I popped off and uh, I enjoyed my, my whole time on there. I enjoyed everybody's uh, stuff. And I said, you know what? I am so stoked for you, man. I was so stoked what you did that day because it was not just a lesson to get your boys to something. It was a lesson back to me. So you don't really know who you, who you engage with when you do the kind of stuff you did. And Emilio was very smart telling you, he he looked at probably some canned thing that you were gonna say, and he's like, "Nope, you ain't doing this. You got to go from, you got to go from the heart. You got to do what you got to do, right?" And so you took his advice, and then they, then you slammed that room, 
and it was good. Hey, listen, all all of you guys that day, I've I've had uh, Marilyn Morales on my show also. The story of her in 9-11, hey man, you you cannot you cannot discount um, these 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 powerful stories. Everybody has. Here's the thing, right, Glenn? Everybody has a story, right? Right. You know, everybody has a story, but you know, when you're put in a in a position where you need to be, and and the money goes to where you're going to be, and then you you do this gala, and then you asked about you couldn't get money for shoes. I was like, get the frick out of here, man! I'm buying shoes. I'm buying shoes. But did right? you see how nice that gala was? I put the video. Up. Oh my gosh, bro! Now you tell me that those boys weren't on cloud nine dressing up like that. They said, they said, this is the best day ever. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and so, that, so I'm just gonna tell you, man. After and it, it even put more shine on your win when I saw it. And then you asked me to come in, and I you know the connection wasn't real good. I was so stoked to be on there for a second and man. go, man, I got to be a part of this, man. Yeah, this, we were in the limo. Yeah, was, you guys were in the limo, right? Yes. Yeah. And so I was like, I was so stoked to be part of that. Yeah. And I, I, so I just wanted to give you my side of, because I know that when you when you talk about how nervous I am or or nobody wants to hear these things, listen, I, I am convinced that we are um, – we are connected spiritually. There's just no way about it. And when we connect with each other spiritually, and that's why it was so powerful when you're in the room, because then you got this group hug. And and I, if I understand right, people praying with you in that room, in that in that in that moment, it was just another life lesson for me that I was at the right place at the right time. I was able to uh, give money, and I was able to watch you win money. And at that point, after I did it, the rest of my day was awesome. I just want you to know that, Glenn. I was, I went, I was in Georgia. I, I took a ride after the competition because, you know, I waited, you know, I was at Black Belt Testing on Saturday and then Sunday. I, I, I spent the day doing that and supporting Emilio and Daniela and doing the speaker competition. And then I just took a ride. And then later that, later that night, you know, uh, it popped in that you won. And I said, oh, I knew that was, that was a, that was a given. And I was so stoked on that. And I just wanted to thank you for, uh, yeah. uh, for, for sharing that because, you know, it, it became part of that. It was pretty emotional for you. That's for sure. It was very, it was a very emotional thing. I think what, what made me, um, why that, why that moment happened with the tears and stuff is because when I said, I did all of this and I and and I didn't mean to say it like that. I was like, but I can't get four pairs of shoes. Like and I kind of like started snapping. Like well, and, you know, as soon as you said it, I'm like, what the freak you mean you can't get four pairs of shoes? Yeah, like, I can't it, get you four telling pair me this shoes? I'm thinking and, to myself. And, and then why I started crying like that was because people in the room handed me money in my hand and the cash app just started going off. Bing 100, bing 100, bing 200, bing 100. And I mean, within like all of like maybe not even two minutes, like 700 and something, $800 came to the cash app. It was ridiculous. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, wow. Like, and I was, but I was frustrated that day because we had just went and got them suits. And I was like, you know, and then that $1,000 I won, I put that all to the, 
to the, towards right. the building fund. Like I take nothing from this. I want all these kids to be able to have something for after school. Like this is what I want. Like when I leave here, I'm on a legacy. So they remember like, yo, this is what Glenn did for us. Like he, he made sure we had an after school program and I got pantries involved right now that want to give me food on a regular basis so that I could feed all the kids before they go home from it and all that. So now I'm like, I'm on this big fundraising kick. Like I got to get this money up to get this building because I need it. And if I could do it in a room with all you guys that were really there, imagine when God puts me in front of the, all the right people, it's going to just be, that's why I'm so emotional because I saw something else in the spirit. When that, all that started happening, like money was being placed in my hand. I don't know if you are spiritual like I am, but I keep seeing this person. I can't see his face, but he, he, he wrote a check out for a hundred thousand dollars and he placed it in my hand and he said, because God said you were obedient. And I kept seeing that and I kept seeing that. So when people started putting that money in my hand and the cash app started going off, God said, oh, you ain't seen nothing yet. And I just started <laughs> crying like, oh my God, like, are you serious? So it was like, it was a yeah. big emotional thing. And then people just started hugging me. And, and I felt even when they were hugging me, it was such a sincere embrace from everybody that it just more tears kept coming down my face. And I was like, I'm in a room full of believers. I'm mm -hmm. finally like in the right place. Like I'm around all the right people, even online. It was all the right people praying for me and reached out to me and, 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 and a friend requested me on Facebook and told me, you know, encouraged me. And I was like, man, there's gotta be a God. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. was when I left out of there, I was on cloud nine, not because of the award, not because of the money, but because of the friendships that I had just made in that room with everybody online and everybody that believed. I left out of there saying, somebody's going to be praying for me tonight. And I need that. Somebody's going to be praying that we make it with this organization and that the building happens. And I need that. I don't particularly care about the trophy. Yeah, that was good. The money. Yeah, that was good. But I need a building for the kids. I need somebody to pray for me so that can happen. Like that's the ultimate goal for me. Like I, you know, I'm not going to be satisfied till I get there where they could say, oh, everything he said he's going to do up until this point, he did it. He said he was going to put out a children's book. He did it. He said he was going to run do the gala. He did it. He said he was trying to try to get the building. He did it. Like I just want to be a man of my word, a man of integrity. Like you know, when I say I'm going to go do something, I just, I'm just going to go do it. I'm not about all the joking in the games. I'm going to go get it. And that's just like how I am. That's the, It's like competitiveness. But that's competitive. That's right. You're you're speaking my language right there. That is exactly what what it is. And um, and I, I got to tell you that it is. Uh, it, God does. God, you know, if you're a good steward with stuff, he just keeps on putting it there. There's no doubt in my mind. Yes, for sure. You're in, in a room of believers. But, you know, I got to tell you, man, Emilio and Daniela have set it up that way inside this little group they have. Right. Th that I became part of. And I didn't know what I was getting into when I first did it. I just knew I wanted to write a book. And then uh, I met Emilio and I and I had a connection with him out of at, right out of the gate. You know, he's a he's a veteran on top of it. And I said, you know, I like, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge uh, proponent. You know, I worked with the the uh, I was in law enforcement for quite a while. And then um, I have a heart for the military because I teach on base all the time to him. And and so we kind of hit it off. But it's been a while. But he's put this 
this thing together that uh, there you cannot you can't dismiss that what what he has together and what what it was it was just it, it was uh, it was what it was supposed to be and so I knew that I wanted to have something like this so you can speak about what it is and what happened that day and I really think that I'm sure Emilio has that six minutes of 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 tape. I think that's something you should be sharing, uh, getting, getting it out there. And I think you need to take your trophy that you have, because that's, what's going to open up the doors for this, this long-term goal that you have. And when you put the goal out there, uh, Glenn, you're going to see, you're going to see it start to come to fruition. You know what I mean? It, It, you know, in your head, it's one thing when you start, when you start moving towards it even more and more, as you know, you're going to you're going to see things come to fruition and then all of a sudden you're going to step back and go man he was just giving me so i i'm going to i'm going to encourage you with this you know cuz as we as we starting to wind up here a little bit but i want to encourage you with this uh, i've always been um i've always been uh, a believe i haven't always been a believer but i you know i i was in a lutheran school but when i gave my when i gave my life and then i started as a ministry here and let me tell you man I, you know, I walk that fine line of, uh, a confidence and cockiness sometimes. Right. And, uh, and you know, I, I've been in, I've been in the street, man. I've seen what it's like. Right. And, and so I'm not any, any way by one, this perfect guy. And when my, one of my black belts is, is a really gifted communicator and pastor. And he came to me on his birthday. I don't know. I, I guess it was eight years ago, nine years ago. I took him out to breakfast for his birthday and he goes, Hey, listen, God's calling me to start a church here in Chatsworth. That's where I, that's where I'm at. And I said, yeah. And he goes, I need you to help me find a place. We need to do this. And so he says, I'm having a hard time finding it. And I said, well, why don't we just use the studio? Why don't we, why don't you start it in the karate studio? It's big enough. And so that's what we did. And so we started the church there here. And then he's such a gifted speaker. Next door to me is a bar right next door. He, believe it or not, he was able to go to the bar and have that gentleman let us do the preaching in the bar and the kids programs were here at the studio. Wow. That's how this church started. Now they have the freedom center. And in the last two years, their pantry outreach has outreached over a hundred thousand families on something that started this. And they have a giant building called the freedom center. That all started from just obedience. So there's no doubt in my mind when I say I speak to that, you're going to have something like that. You're going to have something like that because this is to have strong men come together. This isn't taking anything away from, uh, I lost you there. You still there, Glenn, or not? Yeah, I'm here. Uh, I don't take anything away from our females at all, but when strong men come together and strong men pray and strong men do what men do and they become the men that you're trying to get other young boys to become, yeah. Uh, God's going to move and he's going to move in a powerful way. And, and the strength of men is going to, to rebuild a nation that, that needs it. Just like you said, he's going to rebuild a fatherless nation with, uh, with men that can do it. Right. Right. And, and, and as it ends, uh, is it okay if I read this real fast? Sure. Go ahead. Read way. I, I'm, I'm going to read something. This is what I want on the wall in the building when the kids come in. And I want them to read it every day and get it in their mind. I'm going re- to run through it real fast. It's one, two, three, four, five, six. It's just six keys, right? It says, it says, um, 
often young men fail for a lack of not understanding what a resource clearly is or how to use them. We provide clarity and help these young men understand that success, success awaits every man by foundationally using their resources. When we explain breaking a cycle to our young men, we explain how they must separate from the generational hand-me-down failures of our fathers or the cycle will repeat itself. They will hand their children the same pain that they themselves had to suffer from. The program's character is built around mentorship. When we think about create character, we look at the word create, which means to bring something into existence. We remind them of the blood, sweat, and tears that it may take to evolve their character to the heights of activating or achieving their dreams. Often, faith is never found in a loss or misguided. This means that they have a rare ability of believing in themselves. We breathe hope into their existence and teach them that they can have whatever they put their minds to. This is followed by learned discipline. We teach our young men that we're not here to abuse you, but to encourage you to activate discipline. We encourage working on goals for so long that every part of your being hurts. Learn what it takes to win and push even further than what you thought was a winner. I always say that Cain killed Abel mentality is dead. Correct the brotherhood. Celebrate each other. Your victory is inside your friendships that will continue to flow with resources. To raise a son, you must become a son. This program is here for those seeking father-to-son relationships. Where fathers lack, we pick up the pace and we make the relationship personal. And that's what I want to have on the wall uh, when they first walked in the building. And it's like right on the door. And I want them to study it and just kind of like know it by heart. You know what I mean? And then start teaching them the principles of the program based off of them always getting this in their spirit. Yeah. Well, that's powerful. I think that's a, that's a good thing to end with right there. And, and I'll, you know, I'll have everything on audio on this podcast also, Glenn. So you'll be able to share this podcast. You can share the the YouTube if they want to watch it or they can listen to it also, but there'll be an audio portion of what we've done also. And you can share that audio with whoever it is you want to share it with at that time. And I think you met Nikki went there too, correct? Yes. Yes. So right after this show, I'm going to be on her show, as a matter of fact. We'll probably, <laughs> okay. talk, we'll, we'll probably talk about you a little bit more, to be honest uh, with you. So uh, uh, I think that, uh, you know, you're, uh, you're a powerful force to be reckoned with. I, are you going to be out there January 6th or not? Yes. You're going to be at that? Okay. Yes. So we'll get to shake hands. And because uh, I'm going to be smashing some stuff that day, I'm going to be uh, releasing my book that day. So we'll uh, we'll get to uh, see each other and and uh, get to know each other a little bit better. And if, on my side, if there's anything else that I can do to kind of put it out on my platform, which what you're what you're doing, I will definitely uh, make sure that I, I do that for you. Sounds good to me. All right. Thanks, All right. A little bit of uh, technical difficulties in the beginning, but we had a really good, a good chat. I, I really enjoyed it. And I will get all this stuff out for you and I'll have it sent over to you. You set, send it on all your platforms. Yes. Uh, make sure that if you can DM me later so I can make sure I have uh, all the websites that you have, all the emails that you have. And I will put that in the bio. You'll be on my website. It's called markcox.com. And it's all, it's all of my audios is on there. So you're, you'll be the next one uh, up on, on that one. And you can share that with everybody. All right. Sounds good. All right, man. All right. Good talking to you, Glenn. Have an awesome day, man. Bye-bye. You've been listening to real talk with Mark Cox, real life, real topics, real conversation. We're passionate about motivation, fitness, self-defense, weight loss, 
and coming at it from a real angle. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. And we hope you had fun. We know we did. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on Instagram and Facebook at MarkCox100. Make sure to subscribe and review and tell a friend or two about the show. For more, hit up the website at markcox.com. Till next time, keep it real.